This is a football show here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Zach Lines. You can follow me on Twitter at FWordsPod. And go listen to Football and Other FWords to get all your anger and frustrations out. <laughs> and you can read all about uh, the NFL draft and stuff I'm talking about on that topic at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. There you have it. We'll get into your show uh, this week in just a second. Uh, a lot of conversation today about Ryan Tannehill. And I would like to say, Zach, that it's not going to be about where he is physically, but about what he has or has not said. And we're going to get into a debate about whether or not that's meaningful for folks out there that Ryan Tannehill has yet to say a word to anyone since the loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. So we'll get into that. The A.J. Brown contract negotiations is what we're going to focus on today. What does that mean for the salary cap? As I've got you here, Zach, to tell everyone about the salary cap and how it doesn't really exist and why it's, people it's are fluid. Why people are freaking out about A.J. Brown. So we'll get into that. I, I don't really care uh, about what people are saying on Twitter, what he's saying on Twitter, what Jeffrey Simmons is retweeting. I don't really care about any of that, but I do care about how much money it's going to cost the Titans to re-sign A.J. Brown. So we're going to get into that uh, today on the show as well. Uh, I know you've got you've had some thoughts this week about the Derrick Henry uh, <laughs> internet porn, I guess, old lady porn. I don't know what it is for Der Derrick Henry's videos that people are obsessed with. So we'll get to that. Uh, I've got a question for you about professional sports in the state of Tennessee. Nick Saban had some comments. We got a lot of stuff coming up on the show today. Make sure you check out our wonderful sponsor, though, of course, the Kingston Group. Uh, BuildKG.com is the website. If you own a home in Nashville, before you make any major financial decisions with that home, you should talk to the folks at the Kingston Group. They will help you shepherd you through that process um, so that you don't spend you know, too much money on some stupid nonsense. You want to make sure you're making smart decisions with your house. So call the folks over uh, at the Kingston Group. Uh, but before we do this, uh, quick little note here, Zach, at the beginning of the show, to all you folks listening to the 440 for about a year and a half now, um, we will have an announcement for you guys coming up on Monday. So big to, announcement, big announcement, a massive landscape changing <laughs> announcement. I like to oversell earth shattering, life altering announcement on Monday mornings. 440 the episode on monday morning so make sure you tune in there will not be an episode on friday there will be an announcement on monday so make sure you're tuning in to that show on monday so and i, I think i've got all the things out of the way here right we, we talked about build kg and we talked about kingston group we told you what's coming up on the show we told you there's an announcement my first question is how are you feeling after listening to this week's episode of the f words pod which you should go check out of course um and by the way, YouTube, subscribe, social accounts, click all the buttons. Are, are you feeling better? It felt like this week's episode was a bit of a therapy session. Did you get them, some things off your chest? Are you, are you okay? I mean, I just, I get so <laughs> animated because it, eventually you're going to think that, oh God, he's angry again because we're talking about certain <laughs> topics or whatever. It's just that I get so animated about it, but I, I, I usually just let it go after the, the podcast. Like it's done. It's out there. People can agree. They can disagree. They can do take whatever they want. I don't care because at this point it is what it is. My opinions are my opinions. And a lot of people have opinions of their own and they're, they're horrible or dumb opinions. So, you know, just, that's just how <laughs> life works. Uh, so I definitely recommend going and checking, checking out this week's episode to understand a little bit more what we're talking about. You basically spent the first, I don't know, 35 minutes of this week's episode bitching about social media. We, we basically <laughs> spent 45 minutes eliminating all of our listeners. We just <laughs> we just destroyed all of them. We may have like five left. It's a, it's a great business practice to assault the people that are yes. trying that you're trying to use to pay your bills. <laughs> right. It's always a great business. Practice. It's 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 smart because it they then they just hate listen to you so that's that's you know i'll take a hate listen over zero listens well i know we're about to disagree on Tannehill, so i'll agree with you and 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 lebowski on this week's episode that by and large everything that you see as a like and maybe this isn't even titans fans this is just life like you should not take what happens on social media seriously twitter is right. not real life it is not real life i'm glad that you have moved on because i was worried about your general health uh, when I was listening to you guys this week, because if you take everything so seriously on social media, you will end up a grumpy old man yelling at clouds. Right. That, that's how you're going to end up. And I don't want you to do that, Zach. I want you to be a happy, fulfilled person. The people that call into radio shows, the people that are <laughs> negative about certain topics uh, on their players are the vocal minority 
of a right. rep, of right. a demographic, whether that is uh, a certain race, a certain gender, a, a certain fandom. It doesn't matter. And that's what people got to realize is that the vocal minority, while it may be the loudest, they're still the minority of what people think. And yeah. it's such yeah. a small percentage. And I, I really encourage everybody to go listen to what Diana Rossini said about Jimmy Garoppolo and heading into the NFC championship game where pretty much everybody said, oh, the 49ers don't even need Jimmy G. He sucks. And she, he said, I am comfortable with who I am. I do not look towards social media to tell me who I am. And yeah. I think more yeah. people need to take that mindset. Be comfortable with who you are outside of social media, outside of Instagram, outside of everything, and you will live a happier life. And, and what's what's funny and ironic about that is that there's actual evidence, especially on Instagram, that if you have any like self, like questions about your own self-image or self-value, that Instagram scientifically will will exacerbate that situation and make you feel worse about yourself. Like my wife's right. on Instagram all the time, but she's completely comfortable with who she is. So it has no, it has no effect on her. But if you actually have like anything serious here, and I'm, t- I'm talking serious, like yeah. depression or self image problems or whatever, like you go on Instagram, it's going to make it like scientifically, it makes your brain worse. And it sort of feeds on itself. Now I will say this, this is why you shouldn't listen to sports talk radio, but that's my opinion. I think you should be listening to podcasts because I just think podcasts are better. That's just my personal opinion, Zach. Just all I have to say. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. That. Podcasts are infinitely better. Um, I, I think you get a little bit more intimate information, and I get. I think you get a peek into the perspective of what people really think, and and I think that yeah. is the true thing in sports. Is that sometimes in radio you're forced to have an opinion or talk about a topic that you really don't believe in, and I think that if if you're not you got to take that into account when you're on yep. these things. I truly believe some of the insane extreme things that I say, <laughs> and I may be wrong, but at least I believe in you. You may be mentally impaired. However, yeah. at least you're genuinely mentally impaired. Yes. Yeah. Authentically that's impaired. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, again, radio is governed by a science that means you have to execute your content in a certain way we we don't have any of that also we can say bad words like fuck shit and ass which is yeah. great here on the on the show um all right so that that does bring us to the the ryan Tannehill conversation now no sorry one more thing on your show i got i'm sorry now i'm being a caller to your show is what i'm doing i like it the one thing i disagree with that you guys were talking about for a little bit of time on your show go back and listen to football and other efforts podcast rate review subscribe uh, the one thing I disagree with is that the media has to ask the Titans, John Robinson, Rabel, the players or whatever, about all these stupid things that are happening on social media. I don't actually think that happens. I, I don't I don't hear any members. They of the media. literally asked David Long about a mock draft. On on Monday, they asked him, what does he think about the mock drafts that have a Titan select an inside linebacker? Well, so. While I agree with you that that is <laughs> that that is stupid, what I, I guess what I was referring to is the like the guy who's like telling, uh, you know, Vrabel to get in a room with Robinson and AJ Brown and like the, these people on Twitter that are saying why can't you just get the deal done and what blah 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 blah. Like I haven't heard anybody in the media ask Vrabel or Robinson some of those questions. I, I'm not oh, saying no. What I was saying is that Joe Rexroad should he should like, literally right, right. ask. And word it as a troll job and a joke, obviously, <laughs> and word it as such. I, I don't think anybody is I, – I think maybe our lines got crossed now. No, Lebowski, Lebowski said what happens is is that this all, all this stuff takes place in social media, and then the media is forced to ask the Titans about it, and then the Titans have to respond. And no wonder they're not going to give you access because you have to respond to all these stupid questions. I haven't actually heard any of that, and, and I don't think that that's actually an issue inside of, like, the Titans with – the people that sit in those press and I've been in those, those press conferences, yeah. I've sat with those folks and I don't ever hear, you know, that mock draft question I'm offended by that. Yeah. <laughs> for, I'm offended for David long. <laughs> yeah. Who, whoever, I don't know who asked the question that he was looking in PK's direction, but I don't know if PK was the one that actually asked the question. <laughs> there's, there's no Which way if he did, there's that no is way he utterly ridiculous. There had to be someone behind him. Yes. But a, I, I, do you see I, my I point? Think, do you see my point with yeah, that? Like, I, think, I don't, I think the, the bigger point was, is that, I think sometimes media questions are often getting away now because of how 
the the audiences reacting to certain things. I think it's moving away from more pertinent football questions and more towards these other questions that maybe really don't matter that that has Mike Vrabel, you know, cussing and storming off in press conferences. Like I, well, I and well, but that was about Zach Cunningham, like not which, being, but he's answered the same question like five times. When are we going to get to a point where one person asks a question, you maybe get one follow up? Well, I, I think so. Now I'm defending media and I don't want to do yeah. that necessarily. I, I but, just at some point, don't you get you got to recognize the person that you're asking questions to and realize that you're yes. talking to Mike Vrabel, right? Yeah, you, like, you, let, you, let's let's do something yes. different here. There has to be an expectation there. I also thought Mike Vrabel was completely wrong to storm off when asked a question about a player on his roster. I think that's a stupid thing for Mike Vrabel to do. He got a little fed up with it. Maybe John could have asked the question a little differently. I've actually talked to John Glennon about this. Check out the Lamestream Sports podcast where he was on explaining that entire interaction. And you, there is a give and take with Vrabel. You have to know how to approach Vrabel with the right question. I will defend the Titans media core and say, I don't think, I think they ask a lot of really good football questions. And I don't think this particular, while they do not break any news. <laughs> I, I think Tehran and Luke Warsham ask a lot of great okay. football questions. Everybody else, they just ask the same generic questions because I think they just are getting the same generic wow. answers. Okay. I don't think that Mike Vrabel's great at giving answers. I don't think he's a great press conference for the most part. Yeah. I think that you have to ask good questions and to get anything out of Vrabel, uh, if he because yeah. more than often than not, he's in a bad mood and just doesn't want to fool with the media. And that's, that's part of the issue. It's not just the media. I think the part of the issue is Mike Vrabel, but... I think Tehran and Luke asked the, from from my perspective, as a as a maybe not necessarily a a fan, a base fan, but a a guy who's more interested in the X's and O's. Why are you doing this? Yeah. I think they both ask questions that are a little bit above the rest of them for for what that's, I want for what I want. I think that's fair. And Tehran, having having known Tehran as long as I've known him, I, I would agree with that, especially. And, and as I was very proud one time in an interview with Rabel that I got him to open up and talk about how he, he and his wife adopted a cat during the hurricane in Houston when he was coaching for the Texans. And he actually talked about adopting this cat. And we joked about how he was really good in short space and he could play DB and like all this other stuff. And like, I actually got Mike Rabel to show a human side, which I thought was like a huge accomplishment. I was very, yeah. I was very proud of that. If you ask a Rabel a question, and th the reason we're having this conversation is going to lead us into the Ryan Tannehill conversation. So just bear with us here. There's a reason for all this. But it goes to, to me, if you ask Mike Vrabel an open-ended question about like a scheme or a philosophy about a play or a team or a player, I think that's when he gets, he, he yes. doesn't mind opening up. If I said, if I said, how does Austin Hooper's skill set affect the way your offense can attack a defense? I think he, he would go into, well, he does, he, he's, a, he's able to block and we can line him up in line. Then I think we can split them out wide and they're not going to know if it's a run player. Like he, he'll go into some detail if you ask an open ended question about football. And I think a lot of the media does a pretty good job of that. We'll we'll leave the conversation there. I just got to defend some of those folks there. And and I because I don't think they're being I don't think people are asking questions about like, you know, why, why do you think A.J. Brown is a diva? Like I haven't heard that question. So uh, let's let's move to be on. Fair, from they the, haven't had a chance to ask that question to him. <laughs> Which leads us to Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> and we'll get to the A.J. Brown contract. But he, here's my... I know you disagree with me, so do you want me to lay out my opinion first? Because I feel pretty strongly about this. I, I, How about you know a little interchange? Because I'm going to ask a question. Because I want to ask questions as you say okay. something. You know, like, how, about, how about this? Put your hand up and, and, and stop me when you have a question, all right? Okay. Here's what, I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to start with, with Ryan Tannehill. When you are... The high first number one, first and foremost, do not care that he's on the field or not. Don't care. Don't care if he's in, in town for voluntary workouts. Don't Wait care. Minute, if you're telling me that you do not <laughs> care that he's not throwing to Austin Hooper in fucking April <laughs> when they didn't even do this thing last year. By the no. way, they canceled this part portion of the offseason last year in 2020. And they didn't do it in 2019. Yeah. So you're not. So you're telling me that's not important. <laughs> That the in April, I can't take Ryan Tannehill, I can't take Ryan Tannehill. Well, it's just ridiculous that no, people no, think you're that right. it's very important. 
Like no, it's, no. it's re- the the tweets out there are <laughs> utterly ridiculous. No, I know because I know. the only new pass catcher is Austin Hooper. Zach. So you're telling me that the Titans <laughs> Super Bowl chances are over with in April because he's not throwing for at least maybe an hour, maybe in my gym face. shorts to an uncovered Austin Hooper. My face, my face hurts right now. As well, make sure hurts. you're I've, saying that's not important because I've been so told there is zero connection. There is zero connection. <laughs> to the Titans' success or failure in 2022 to how many days of strength and conditioning in the facility that Ryan Tannehill or A.J. Brown or Jeffrey Simmons or anybody else is going to be. There is zero zero connection. People act like May through August just doesn't exist. Austin Hooper doesn't exist through May through August. All right. So it sounds like you agree with me. (laughs) (laughs) That it doesn't matter where Ryan Tannehill is doing work, it, you know, if he's in the yeah. facility, if he's at voluntary work, I don't care. I want to make sure my, is, my, my throat is cleared and that everyone hears that. It has no impact on the outcome of the season. Zero. Correct. Zero impact. Don't care. What I do think matters is when it is, a, it is such an easy win for Ryan Tannehill. In, after his worst season as a Titan, his worst game as a Titan, and then choosing on his own to not be available to talk to the fans, not the media, the fans, because the media acts on behalf of the fans, to have at least a conversation. Because what happens is every time he doesn't talk, it becomes a bigger deal that he does that he's going to have to deal with eventually. Because now what's going to happen when he when he really does have a press conference and actually does have to answer questions about a, a, a really awful season and a bad performance against Cincinnati, again... If you just do that on locker clean out day, the Monday after the season's over, it's not a story. It's not a thing you have to answer questions about. You came out, you chose to answer questions. You chose to speak to the fans who have a billion questions because it's all they're talking about for the last four months, three months is about Ryan Tannehill and his performance and blah, 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 blah. And I know what your counterpoint's going to be like, what's he going to say? But that's not the point. The point is to sort of Stand up as a leader, as the $30 million, $38 million quarterback of your franchise who had the bad game and the bad season, and 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 stand up in front of the podium and take the medicine a little bit. And I'm not saying like so, take, so I'm not saying take ridicule. I'm just saying yeah. like be an adult, be a leader about it. And every so time that, he doesn't do it, it's going to become a bigger and bigger story. So that no matter what he says the next time he talks, there's going to be ties to well, why haven't we heard your voice? And I know you said on F words like. I think the Titans should troll everybody and not have him ever speak the entire season. While I, while I think that's hilarious, I I don't think it is the right thing to do for a $38 million starting quarterback of an NFL franchise that was no number one seed and that he completely failed in in the, basically the regular season and in the, in the game. So the press conference right after the game doesn't count. Cause that, cause that's what everybody seems to say is that doesn't count. So what's he going to say on Lucker cleanout day that he didn't say the night before? I would like to believe it's a good question. I would like to believe that when people have time to sit and think through things, this is why I like podcasts, frankly, when you have time to sit, I think right after the game, you're going to get one type of reaction. You're going to get one type of answer, one type of human response. Sometimes it's not the right time to even talk about certain subjects because it's right after the game and you're in the heat of the moment. And like, I don't really expect athletes to always have the best thing to say right after a game. They're pissed off right? They just got beat. They're they're angry, but give somebody a couple days, give somebody a week. And the issue is Ryan Tannehill could control some of this. If Ryan Tannehill wants to speak, he could speak. And, and I just think it would be a win. You would go out there and win a lot of good PR for yourself amongst Titans fans. If you just like, you know, you know what? No, he wouldn't. Well, okay. You're, you're, you're on, you're having a fight right now with Titans fans. I understand. Well, you, I mean, let's see my, be honest see my point, about it. I, I get it. It's from a PR standpoint, it'd be a smart move, but why is anybody bashing Derrick Henry who had a horrible game that game? Why is he hasn't talked to the media since then? Um, I think, you know, the answer to that question. It's because everybody hates Ryan Tannehill and there's a double standard. That that's or, what it is. Or Derrick Henry's really, really, really good at his job, and Ryan Tannehill. And so Ryan Tannehill hasn't been really good at his job. No. So in 2019, he wasn't good at his job. In 2020, he wasn't good at his he's job. Had, he's had some good stretches of football, but yeah, for by and large, for the most part in his career, and I've said this before, they got him, since they've got him, after they've got him, he regressed to the mean. He is what he is, guys. He's a solid quarterback on a really good team, and that's it. And just 
I, I think Derrick Henry's the greatest running back on the planet. That's a different level of expectation. Also, it was his first game back from injury. Well, but we're talking so. about leadership and stuff like that when you involve what Ryan Tannehill is not doing. Why isn't the Derrick Henry's leadership in a question? I, I would I would argue I think everyone should be speaking to the media. Because again, I think the fans have the fans deserve to hear. We're talking about the Titan Stadium, right? Like we're yeah. we're gonna ask PSL holders and ticket season ticket holders to spend thousands more dollars on this new stadium. The reason Ryan Tannehill makes $38 million is because of those fans. And the fans, while they can be insanely stupid on Twitter, deserve to hear from their starting quarterback. That, that's that's but, my that's my and opinion. And here's the thing: you're not gonna hear anything different than what you already heard after the end of the press conference, even even on locker cleanout day. And you know what's gonna happen now that when he gets up there. He's going to say, I wanted to spend time with my family. I wanted to reset, mentally reset. I'm now focused on 2022. I'm focused on this year. Next question. I'm focused on this year. Next question. You got a question for this year? Next question. Because that's what's going to happen. That That is literally, I've just scripted the press conference. So you can actually skip the opening Tannehill press conference. And folk, And you guys don't have to ask these questions, whoever goes and listens to this and whoever goes. Don't have to ask those questions anymore because I just answered them for you. Because the same questions that Vrabel is going to say from here on in. I've already answered that question. We're moving on. We're focused on 2022. We're focused on preparing right. for the offseason. And I, that's, that's I, fine. I get that's not, I, and I get it that from a strictly from a PR standpoint, I understand that is bad optics. But it, let's 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 be real about it. Titans fans are still going to hate Ryan Tannehill even if he comes out and says something. Even if he would have said something on locker cleanout day, the same almost exactly the same stuff would be being said about Ryan Tannehill. He would buy no goodwill for anybody. They just would be talking less about his, uh, they, they, nothing, nothing would see, really the, change. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing I think changes the, the amount of steam that's in the kettle. If that makes sense. So right now you've got the Titans fans turning the burner up on a giant pot of water. That is Ryan Tannehill. And the water just keeps boiling and boiling and boiling and boiling. And all he's got to do is just come out and say, look, and be a human being. Like, I'm not asking him to, like, give away state secrets here. I just think he comes out and says, man, look, I, I've, I've taken this pretty hard the last couple of months. I've been doing a lot of thinking about how we played and how I played, and I need to be better at X, Y, or Z. Like, I can script the PR words for him. It's not difficult and to do. And maybe that does happen. But that, what, that does. Does, what that does is it lets the steam out of the kettle a little bit because right now it's just the temperature's just getting higher and higher and higher. And all he's got to do is come out and say, like, a five minute statement, take a few questions. And I want to know the human side of this. Like, Hey, Ryan, you fan, fans are disappointed with how you played. How has this last couple of months been for you? Like personally, how much do you think about this stuff? Like what, what makes, how do you get better? Like there's really interesting questions you could ask him that may, well, they got to get asked. I mean, that's, that's some of the issue too. <laughs> right. right. Um, but, but do you see I what mean, I'm saying? I, I, I agree. Saying? He, he could do that. And there's still time for him to do that. Because it doesn't have to be in April. He doesn't have to go away from his family to come placate this fan base who does who hates him, who has already threatened his family. Don't forget that. Oh, They've yeah, threatened that's... him and threatened his family. Why would I, as a player, feel like I owe the fans anything? Because it personally, I don't think at this point anymore, because he's probably not going to be here next year anyway, I don't know if he really owes anybody anything. I, I get it. I get what you're saying. I, I totally understand what you're okay. saying. But I'm looking at from his perspective in this, the sense of why do I owe anybody anything when all they do is hate on my family? I can't post anything on social media about enjoying my life, my personal life without getting well, those, those millions. people are those people I, that I, do, I get that's the vocal minority. Yeah. Those people on Twitter at the beginning. There's a small, there's a small place. There's a, there's a, specific place in hell for people on Twitter that threaten people's families and tweet at recruits and death threats to kickers and like all this other shit that happens on social media that that, that to, to your point that's a very small amount of people I'm talking about the season ticket holders that aren't on Twitter and 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 I think you could win a ton of good points if you're Ryan Tannehill and you just come out and say look man it's been a really tough couple of months I've done a lot of soul searching that's not my best football that's not who I am I'm going to come out here I'm going to like it could be all coach speak too yeah like it could be Listen. all but and you it would can earn, still happen. You it just didn't have so to happen this week. It, it doesn't okay. have to right. happen this week. It, it can that can still happen, right? Maybe, but then you're going to get asked, 
Now you're going to get asked, why haven't we talked to you before? Well, even if it was, uh, you're still going to, he's still going to get asked that even if it was on Monday, April 18th, he was going to get asked that anyway. He's going to get asked that probably two or three times in the same press conference at three different moments by three different reporters, because that's how they, <laughs> they do it. I mean, we, we've all right. Seen- okay. All right. So if I, I just think if he does it, wherever he does it, it takes, it lets steam out of the pot and it resets the conversation back to 2022 in the football moving forward. I think whenever, uh, yeah, because he's going to have to have the conversation looking backwards, he's going to have to do it at some point. So whenever that happens, I think it's going to be a very canned answer and nobody's going to get what I they know. want. And and we're going to be in the same place that we are right now. And let me say this. I do not need Ryan Tannehill's excuses or reasoning or let me know that he is reset and he's ready for 2022. Just like I don't need Derrick Henry workout videos. Cause I know, <laughs> I know that Derrick Henry's working out. I know that Ryan Tannehill is focused on 2022 and not trying to repeat 2021. If you think that Ryan Tannehill is coming into 2022 thinking, Man, I really had a great 2021. <laughs> I need to continue on that path. I think you're a moron. No, you're and right. I and I'm not saying that you are thinking that, but I think that we we have to have a level of, of there has to be some level of sensibility. And I know that's hard to say when it comes to fanatics, you know, fans. Right, right. But there has to be a level of sensibility knowing that Ryan Tannehill is probably reason why you're not hearing from Ryan Tannehill because that 2021 year sucked for him and 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 the reason you make 38 million dollars is because you have five hundred thousand house tv households in nashville tennessee watching your games and hundreds of you know tens of thousands of season ticket holders spending lots of money to watch you play and that is why you make 38 million dollars you make 38 million dollars because of the fans that's it it's the it's the fans that drive nfl interest and drive titans bottom line revenue and therefore salary cap dollars, and therefore your salary. So that's my issue is that you, you, you can say canned answers. You can wait months to do it if you want to, but, but the regular, normal, sane Titans fan, not the Twitter, you know. They, How many people canceled their PSLs, Braden, for, because Ryan Daniel hasn't spoken yet? Because they had an opportunity. No, that's, a, to. That's, a, that's a valid point. That's a valid point. All right. Okay, I, we, I, just, I think it's overblown. Like, okay. that's my thing. I understand. I just think it's overblown. Fair Fair enough, and we'll put a we'll, we'll we'll put a nail in that coffin. <laughs> I think we beat that horse enough. Um, I, I will. We will get to the Derrick Henry video thing in just a second because I don't I don't I don't understand I don't understand <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but I also don't understand like Instagram anyway. So that's just that's just me being an old man yelling at clouds. Uh, AJ Brown contract negotiations. Also, don't care that AJ Brown was not there uh, right now at, at voluntary workouts. Do- doesn't matter. Um, I've seen, so Diana Rossini, of course, reported that they're working on a deal. The two sides are, are working on a contract. I, I don't, you know, when you look at Tyree kill, when you look at, um, Devonte Adams, you look at, uh, um, Stefan Diggs, and you're talking in that 24 to $30 million per year range. I, I, this might be unpopular. I think there's a very good argument for John Robinson to play hardball in this negotiation because AJ Brown of the injury issues and, I, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but I, I think when he's healthy, he's the greatest receiver in Titans history, period. The yeah. offense the offense is different. It can do different things. He's the best weapon they've ever had at that position. He's also missed games. He's also not put up Devontae Adams-type numbers or Tyreek Hill-type numbers, which I know you've got a good retort for. But when when I think there's reasons that, that John Robinson can – pull back on the negotiations and maybe ask for like 18 to 22 million instead of 25 to 30 million, if that makes sense. I fully agree that I think that people, I I don't think AJ Brown is going to be the highest paid wide receiver when it's all said and done. I think the biggest, the biggest thing is making sure that he has a lot of guaranteed money and that you can get out of the guaranteed money in, in about three or four years even if you stretch it out to a five year, six year contract. Like that, that's how I view a contract what is the guaranteed money and how long till they are can get out at a reasonable dead cap cost out of the contract because that's what matters and that's particularly what matters with aj brown who does have injury issues who at any point those knees that he's having issues with and had two surgeries on last year you know one on each knee how long before those come become a problem now, I will say this. I think the proper way that A.J. Brown should be approaching this negotiation 
is the proper way that Cooper Cup is approaching the negotiations. Last night, Andrew Siciliano uh, put out a tweet. Cooper Cup asked if he wants, when asked if he wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, I don't, and Cooper Cup says, I don't think that's the approach that I take. There's a place you want to be. There's a place that I think is fair. I'm not trying to beat anybody. I'm not trying to compare myself to anyone else. <laughs> and I think that's the proper way to go. And I think when you look at these guys getting paid the big bucks, A.J. Brown is not Tyree Kill. A.J. Brown is not Deon- Devontae Adams. Spare me the Christian Kirk comparison. Oh, yeah, I didn't, you, know, I didn't, you he, notice I didn't mention him. I didn't yeah, mention him. <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, any agent that uses Christian Kirk's contract as a negotiation tool is going to get laughed at because everybody, you don't use bad contracts as a way to get a good player, more money. And look, he's going to get paid more than Christian Kirk. The Titans want him here. He wants to be here. We know it's going to happen. It's not going to be damaging to the salary cap to sign him to even a 25 million a year contract because 25 million a year is not your cap hit every year of the contract. And that's very important. What's the number where you say I need to explore a trade? I I think if he's wanting to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, obviously that's off the table in my opinion. And I I think that That, when that that would be like 30, 31. Yeah. That'd be around 30, 31. Um, I, I think that that's absurd. Yeah, it's 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 obviously absurd. And I, I'm looking at let me pull up the wide receiver contracts. I got got my spot track here. Spo track up. What did we do? What did we do in life before Spo track came along? Oh man, it's awesome. <laughs> I, I think that you look at Stefan Diggs, you look at DJ Moore. Stefan Diggs is averaging about 24 million. DJ Moore, and that's obviously going up when his extension kicks in. And then DJ Moore right now is at 20,628. Okay. AJ Brown is better than DJ Moore. Yeah. He needs to be slotted in right there. But you also got Chris Godwin and Amari Cooper at 20 million apiece. And I got people saying that Chris Godwin is, or AJ Brown is better than Chris Godwin. You also got to remember that the Titans are paying for an offensive system for a wide receiver in their offensive system. So going to your point that he's never put up Devontae Adams numbers, he's never put up DeAndre Hopkins or Tyreek Hill numbers. He's never really given the opportunity to. Now, got to stay on the field. But when he's on the field, they don't average enough targets for him in a game as much as he should. That comes down to the system. That comes down to giving less to Derrick Henry he, in the run game. He he averages four catches a game for his career. Yeah. For his, four catches a game. 4.3, I think, is the number for his entire career. Now, if he played for Aaron Rodgers in the Packers system, I think he averages six and a half catches a game or eight catches a game for his career, whatever it is. So I agree with you that there's like a, like a Titans tax <laughs> right. on his, on his, on his numbers. There's no question about that. Um, being healthy is another thing. Here's the other problem I have with the Debo Samuel comparison. I don't want him to be used like Debo Samuel because you are going to destroy him. Debo Samuel cannot last in the NFL doing what, what Shanahan is doing to him in San Francisco. You saw him break down in the in the playoffs. You saw his body start to give out against the Rams. Like that, you cannot run a wide receiver between the tackles eight or nine or ten times a game in the NFL and expect his body to be fine. With with AJ Brown already has two reconstructed knees. I know you want to use him in trick plays and get him involved in the offense as much as possible. I agree, and he's got those skills, but you also have to protect him. And I, I don't want to see him in the backfield for eight or nine snaps a game. I don't think that's the way. I don't think that's he, how he fulfills his contract. Um, would four four for a hundred work for you? Would you sign up for four for a hundred? Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be mad at that because that's obviously going to be a two year contract more than likely, and that you can get out of it. I, I and that's an that's an extension, so that means that you're going to get AJ Brown for three more years. And I think that's probably the appropriate way to judge. What can AJ Brown bring be the next three years? Can he transcend and ascend among the top wide receivers in the NFL? People want to keep putting him as one of a top three, top five wide receiver. He he's he's not. And you can blame the system all you want, but you got Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, who's often overlooked as one of the best in the uh, NFL. Also very hurt, by the way. 
Keenan Allen yeah. also hurt a lot. Um, you got Cooper Cup. You know, we we've seen other wide receivers come up. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. I mean, it's hard <laughs> to even get him to top ten, and because of injuries and because he has a hard time. Yeah, staying health, uh, staying healthy, but also having a hard time getting targets. Do you think this is? Do you think those reasons right there? Do you, and this is pure speculation on our part here. I don't have any sources or information. You don't either on this. At least unless you unless you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I, if AJ Brown does view himself as top three, and and the reality is he's more like number eleven. Let's say I, I'm just pulling a number out of my ass here. That that is where you could have some gap in the negotiation. Is, is and, and I think he's talented enough to be a top five, seven, eight receiver in the NFL, but but availability is the most important skill in the NFL, and so you got to be available every single week. I, say what you want about Devontae Adams not being fast enough or whatever, but like the dude's on the field every single game, <laughs> like he's out there all the time. So, uh, I, listen, I think he's I think the deal gets done. I think it's I think it's probably in that 23 to 25 million dollar range, and Here's the other important point that I know you're going to want to reiterate here, which is it doesn't affect Jeffrey Simmons. It, it doesn't yeah. affect th- this. This contract doesn't affect what else the Titans can do in theory. This this contract isn't going to do much in the grand scheme of things other than boost some other wide receiver stock who's getting a contract later. Because in the end, the the probably you're looking at a 20 to 25 million jump in 2023 in the salary cap. And then from 2023, 2024, you're looking at, guess what? Probably 25 to 40 million again in a jump in salary cap. Cause that's how the salary cap tends to move in, in this year. The, it's not going to change anything. The cap hit is what the cap hit. If anything, it could make it a little bit less because they can do some funny numbers. It could make the like, cap hit a little bit less. In like Land, like Harold, like Harold Landry, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then in twenty twenty, well, Harold Landry's wasn't an extension, so Harold Landry's that, was true, a total true. new contract. So in an extension, the contract doesn't kick in until the the next year, and then you look at it, and so they could take some of the money that that is a base salary in 2021 or 2022 and turn it into roll it into some of the signing bonus for the following years. Okay. So that's how you get a cap hit down in 2021 in an extension. 2022 is when the extension starts and it can still be in 2022 and $11 million cap hit or 2023, $11 million cap at a $12 million cap at, and then you get to the big numbers after right, that. Right. You know, when you look at Stefan Diggs's extension, it's essentially, they can get out of it in 2024, even though it's good all the way through 2027. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, the, your, your it's first... all, it's all, it's nothing. It, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm ever going to get really upset unless they make him the highest paid player. If they make him 25, 26 mil on average a year, Big whoop. And, and like, that's just and, why I don't care. And how much of how much money is coming out of your pocket to pay AJ Brown? Yeah. Yeah. Zero, I guess. Zero dollars <laughs> for me. So it's not my money. It's all it's right. all it's all funny money. Uh, I think the deal's gonna get done unless AJ Brown is trying to go for that elite top dollar. Then I think fans need to be prepared for some more news and information. And and I think if that does get out, if that is the case, which I'm not saying it is, but if that is the case and it gets out. It will be the Titans leaking it. It'll be the yeah. Titans saying this. He, he's asking for too much. This is why we haven't gotten a deal done, even if it's like anonymous sources indicate or whatever. So I don't I, I know that the reason that's taken so long is just how John Robinson likes to use his mind or how to um, allocate his resources, because he yeah. right now he doesn't have to do anything with A.J. Brown because they don't need him in April. Right. He will get the deal done by July. He wants to get through the draft and he wants to get through this, the post free agent, post draft yep. free agency. It's what he said. They're, they're, John Robinson and Mike Vrabel are not liars. <laughs> AJ Brown's going to be a tight. That's all. I mean, that's all. It, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a matter of when, not a matter of if. Um, all right. So I know you talked about this. We'll move on to two or three short subjects here to wrap up the show. Um, by the way, check out a football and other F words podcast. Make sure you subscribe into the YouTube page, follow all the socials, all that great stuff. 
Uh, and of course, special thanks to our great sponsor, the Kingston Group, for hanging out with us. Again, announcement on Monday morning on this here podcast feed, the 440. So make sure you tune in for that. A um, couple of quick topics here. Number one, and I heard you guys bring this up on F Words. I, I had this moment on social media this week where I was just like, like, what, why are people obsessed with Derrick Henry working out on social media? Like, I know that we live in a social media era, and I was looking at A.J. Brown's Twitter feed because John Morant retweets Memphis Grizzlies point guard, who's a superstar. He, he retweets uh, the A.J. Brown diva thing, right, his tweet. Maybe A.J. Brown just needs to stop tweeting, but whatever. It's his choice, his life, whatever. John Morant retweets him, and I just looked at their two profiles just to, like, just compare an NBA star versus an NFL star. AJ Brown has what, like 180,000 followers on Twitter? Yeah. John Morant has 1.8 million. <laughs> Jeez. And that's the difference between the NBA and the NFL in terms of how they market their players and like how they go about, you know, promoting, you know, clips on social media. Derrick Henry has gotten very good at this because he's out there kind of marketing himself as this like workout warrior, like gladiator type thing. I just don't understand the, the fascination with it. I, I saw people tweeting about it and I just said, why, why do people care? It, I don't have a single notification for a single player turned on, on any platform, because if something big happens, I'm going to find out about it. I'm going to, if, if AJ Brown is live from a, a post-op, I'm, I'm going to find out about it through regular courses of, of, of information. If Taylor Lewan says he has his, his knee surgery has been done on social media, on his podcast, whatever, I'm going to find out about it. <laughs> like, I'm so glad I'm an old man. Here's the thing. I'm so glad I'm an old man and I don't have to follow any of these people on any of the players. I don't have to follow them. It's so great. I'll let the, I'll let the other people do that. I, I, I don't get the obsession either because it goes back to uh, the thing I said during the Tannehill talk. What do you expect him to do? Okay. It was cool last year. Okay. Let's all move on to something else to occupy our lives and Derrick Henry workout videos. It was fine last year because he was doing stuff you really hadn't seen before from a, a running back. And a lot of good all that workout did because he still got injured. But, I, don't, I, I didn't care last year. Yeah. And, and I really I don't care. After the first one, after, it's like those. Um, What's the, the I don't course, understand the point. What's the point? The the, the, the clout. That's that's what it is. Uh, I mean, okay. people are obsessed with likes and retweets and all this stuff. But <laughs> it's like those uh, the tweets that came out. They were like, get, "We're canceling each other over such and such. Give me your worst such and such that gets you canceled." F food take or whatever. Yeah, well, that was the first one was a food take, but then everybody had oh, one God. by the end of the week, and that's where the first one was fun. I'm out after that. Like these these trends are so bad and i think it's yeah. a bad trend i mean people became so obsessed brayden with this derrick henry workout video that people made videos requesting he makes a video and then there are some fans who are concerned about his mental health because they haven't gotten a video yet and haven't heard from from him all off season you just you're like I just got wonder, you know, if he's not sending workout videos, if he's not working out, where, what's his state of mind going in this season? Is he just tired? Give me a break, guys. <laughs> you know what a Derrick Henry video could use? Get, get him to a Ryan Steakhouse at an all-you-can-eat buffet. That's a video I want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need a video of something that I know that he's doing. This, I know that he's working out. Do I care about another person's <laughs> workout? No, I do not. You so know what? I don't understand. Put it behind a paywall. Put the workout videos behind a paywall with OnlyFans, <laughs> and let's see what media members get access to these videos and what fans are willing to pay money. That's oh, what I want to see. I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, which which reporter is willing to spend money on OnlyFans to watch Derrick yeah. Henry do, do workouts without a shirt. So um, yeah. this, this I, I filed this in the same category. Like you said, I don't care about your workout. Like, I don't care about your bracket. I don't care about your fantasy team. I don't care about your fucking parlays. I don't care. Like I don't, don't put, I don't, I know this is what Twitter is all about. You just post all the things in your life all the time. I don't need it. I don't need it. It's why, that's why if you notice, if you follow me on Twitter, I go stretches where I have nothing. I don't even comment about anything because I'm like, this is I'm I'm not on the app. I don't care. Like I read it, but there's nothing I don't need to be posting. So I've curated all that crap out of my out of my feed. Maybe I'm an old man, but I don't. I'm not going to have a notification on for any of these athletes. Um, no, I don't. I have notification on for newsbreakers, not 
yeah. the athletes themselves. Let's I don't see. even know if I even follow some of these athletes. And listen, if Derek Henry wanted his video on Twitter, guess what? He has a Twitter. He'd put it on there. Yes. And Instead, he not- keeps it on his Instagram. So you guys need to, you know, know some boundaries. Learn your boundaries. <laughs> well, and if you do post it, other people are going to post it, and then I'll see it eventually, and then I don't need to. Yeah. I'll get, I'll get to it a couple of days later, and I don't care. Nothing. My life has not been changed. Clout um, is a hell of a drug. It, it is. Um, two quick questions here for you. Uh, just a comment about Nick Saban talking about name, image, and likeness because we are a football show. And we're going to talk a lot about the SEC, and we're going to talk. Obviously, Bama and Saban are a big part of this conversation every time we do this show. And I, I want to. I, I just he goes on and on and on about name, image, and likeness this past week. He was talking to the Associated Press, basically about how you know this this whole thing is out of control. You know, you can it's just highest bidder for recruits and these collectives and all this stuff. And I and I want to. I think people think he is acting again like an old man yelling at clouds about the, the, the game changing college football changing. I don't think that's what he's doing ever. This goes back to him trying to change the rules to slow the game back down in like 2011 and 12, when he was trying to implement actual rules to put a clock in between snaps, right. To slow down the spread offense. And he was like, it, it wasn't him being old and not trying to adapt. It was a warning to the rest of college football saying, whatever it is you do, I'm going to make it so that it makes Alabama better. And if, and if you don't hear me and listen to me and do something about this, I'm going to use it to kick your ass. And, and this, is, this is not him being an old man. This is him saying, look, y'all, this is a bad thing for the game and for this and that and the other reason. And if, you, and if we don't stop it, I'm, I'm going to use it to, to dominate you. <laughs> this is, well, this is you're him talking warning about a guy who football. owns Mer- Mercedes dealerships. Like, he will figure out a way to use NIL to – to his advantage. He's not Dabo Sweeney. Who's basically trying to avoid it. He's putting it. You're right. He's putting out a warning. Listen, if we don't get some kind of regulation or something like that, you guys are going to be burnt toast sooner rather than later. Then you're going to try to create a new rule to try to keep Alabama from being awesome. You're going to try to do this. And it's all about trying to stop the top heaviness of college football. Well, it's not going to stop once once the wallet opens up down in Tuscaloosa and the money starts flowing, it is over again. It is over again. Right. So it's, I agree there needs to be some regulations and some rules to this. It can't, shouldn't be the wild, wild West. And, and I'm all for it. Maybe that's the salary cap, you know, or something of some sort or spending or whatever that you have on a, a player or whatever. I'm all for it though. I'm all for these players getting their money. I think it creates an interesting dynamic in the sport too, because you will probably have some players coming back to school because now the draft is okay. Oh, I'm a, I'm a second round pick. I think I'll take my money from the NIL and come back to school. So I I think it's an interesting dynamic, but Saban's cry to the media or out in public is a, as a cry of warning that your death is coming for you. <laughs> He's the, he is the pale rider of yes. the, and he is coming yes. for you. Well, it's like, it's, it's, you're right. It's Davo and, and Nick Saban. It's like, all right, we're going to, we don't like spread up tempo offenses and they both complain about it. The difference is, is Nick Saban is actually just telling you like, all right, if y'all, if y'all are going to do this, so be it, we're going to do it. And we're going to do it better than you transfer portal. Okay. I don't think this is the way it should be done. Let's try to put some rules in place. All right. You're not going to put any rules in place. Fine. I'm going to use it to, to, to crush your soul. All right. Name, image, and likeness. I don't think we should do it. There should be some regulation here. You're not going to do it. Okay. I'm going to use it to rip the heart out of your chest. Like this is, this is just what he does. And yeah, it, he, college football is blood sport for um, Nick Saban. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Um, so it, it, it was, it will be interesting. I, I don't, I don't know where, how the market pulls back on name, image, and likeness, but I think it will somehow. Because again, if you start paying kids millions of dollars to go play as recruits, half of them are not going to be any good. So, so there's going to, I think there'll be some market correction on, all right, we're going to give a quarterback prospect, a five-star quarterback prospect, an $8 million contract over four years, Nico Yamaleava for Tennessee. And he's the Pied Piper of name, image, and likeness. What happens if he's not good at football? <laughs> let me tell you something this it will like, be devastating for that fan base if oh, this skinny little if this skinny little guy is not going to be the next big thing in college football because they are 
Talk about workout videos. If I have to see another Nico video, I, I may have to start muting some some people. No, I, I agree with you. The difference is, is they're already recouping that money before he gets to campus, which is actually yeah. good business. Right. Because, right, because right now he's valuable as this as his potential is worth money, right? It's yeah. not even the player. Like his potential is worth money. And that's why it's being spent so highly on that. And and again, I, I think there'll be a natural market correction on this, but Saban's right. There needs to be some guidelines. The problem is you can't have the NCAA and Congress doing this because they're the two most inept organizations in our country. And they sure as hell can't be working together to solve problems because they can't even do anything. So right. uh, you can't have those two working together. It's going to have to be other other forces. Maybe the SEC can do it as a, as a conference. They might be able to figure it out. All right. Anything else? Uh, great sports right now in Tennessee. I just, I'll Exciting throw that out there. Exciting sports. I wouldn't say they're great because 8-1 okay. right. on a Sunday is not that great by the Predators, and I was at that game. Yeah, that's true. Um but, look, but I gonna, would say they're at least exciting because you got the Calgary game last night. That was exciting. The Grizzlies yeah, are having two exciting. I know they lost the first game, but it's still an exciting game up to a certain point all the way deep into the fourth quarter in the first game. And in game two is was just off the chain. Amazing. They were awesome. They were awesome in game two. Uh, the Titans are going to be good and in the mix again in the AFC. And I, I don't care about the AFC West's thing of quarterbacks because you know what they all just beat themselves up and the Titans will just slowly ascend to number one in the AFC again and probably have <laughs> Ryan Tannehill throw four interceptions oh man just rip everybody's soul out so the Titans are the one seed in the AFC and the favorite for the AFC South Division Championship again the Grizzlies have the best record in franchise history and the best regular season in franchise history and the two seed in the Western Conference the Preds are going to make the playoffs and set every single major scoring record in franchise history this year and Nashville SC is about to open the largest soccer specific stadium in North America. I'm sorry. That is a great time to be a professional sports fan in the state yep. of Tennessee. That's great. It's great stuff it's, right now. It's, it's good stuff. And listen, I'll throw in the volunteer volunteers football. As They're well. happy too. They're happy. The, the Josh Hoople hypels on the rise. And then you got the baseball uh, with the UT, both men's and yep. women's the softball, this fur coat thing. I saw the softball, uh, team do is amazing. It makes me want to watch softball and the baseball team is exciting. It's just, an, there's a lot of exciting sports that there's so much exciting sports on TV right now yep. Yep. that you should not be on Twitter <laughs> tweeting about Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown. Excellent way to wrap up the show. If you'd like to hear more of Zach bitching about Twitter, go check out the football and other F words podcast. If you haven't gotten enough of it today, thanks to our title sponsor. Of course, the kinks and group BuildKG.com is the website. You can read Zach's work all over broadwaysportsmedia.com as well. You can follow me at Braden gall, click all the buttons. We got stuff on the YouTube page. And of course, Zach, our announcement coming on Monday. So tune in, announcement. tune in on Monday life-altering, earth-shattering announcement on, on Monday. Zach, where can the good people find you? At Spot on Twitter. That's mainly where I'm at. I'm rummaging around in the sewers. I don't do Facebook <laughs> because that is just too much. Uh, yeah. Like, I can only have one uh, drug, social media drug at a time, and it's Twitter, yeah. and I've always been on Twitter. That's, that's the only one I want. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We will talk to you on Monday. Special announcement on Monday. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Thanks for hanging out. This has been a football show here on the 440 Sports Network.